0: Today, December 11th, and welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. It is wonderful to have you here. Thanks to so many of you who've already been rocking with me for a few hours this morning. Larry Krueger and I wrapped up a 49ers wake-up moments ago. If you missed it, it's available for you on YouTube whenever it's convenient for you. Thank you so much for liking, subscribing, and joining the little movement that we've officially created over here on YouTube. Uh, 13,800 subscribers subscribers. subscribers. Again, it grows. Larry just went over 30, so what we're doing over here feels substantial, and I thank you for being a substantial part of this audience. Like and subscribe. Your heart's out, my good friends. It is great to have you here, and it is great to see the 49ers in the win column once again. My goodness, they've won five in a row now. Uh, They are, if it all ended today, the one seed. Now there's a lot of football left to be played. The Niners got a little bit of a tough pass path. The Lions path isn't that tough. The Eagles path is to be debated its toughness. Um, So there's a whole bunch of interesting coming up At the end of this football season, it's been very interesting throughout. And what an interesting game the 49ers played yesterday, where you didn't even realize how well Brock Purdy played until you opened up the box score and saw that he had a career high in passing yards. When you look and see, oh, that was a very casual 145 yard afternoon on the ground from Christian McCaffrey, really didn't even see the 145 yards that he had because a lot of people probably weren't even in their seat when he busted off the 72-yarder to start the afternoon, Um, a remarkably well-executed day for the 49ers offense, even as they suffered a couple turnovers. You know, Brandon Ayuk had the fumble, Brock Purdy had the interception on, on an interception on the pass to Ayuk. There are some questions I would certainly like answered out of Kyle Shanahan explaining why he didn't value an extra possession at the end of that first half when he just let You know, with three timeouts, a chance to get a ball back with about 45 seconds left still on the clock, he just, he didn't want it. And that was a weird, that's not just like bad clock management, that's strategy that's hard to understand when you've got a short field, three timeouts, a kicker with the leg strength of Moody, and an offense that when it's all said and done on the afternoon is picking up 9.9 yards per play. Boys, girls, children of all ages, 9.9 yards per play is the largest average yards per play since Kyle Shanahan's become the head coach of the 49ers. The 527 total yards on the day are the most since 2019, the last time the 49ers were in the Super Bowl. And that game was the Jimmy Garoppolo outdueling Drew Brees in New Orleans game, if you remember that from that season. So just a spectacular afternoon of football. Debo Samuel becoming just the second player in NFL history to to register 100 or more yards receiving, one or more receiving touchdowns and one or more rushing touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. The only other player whoever did it was a running back named Timmy Brown who played in the 60s for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, a prolific day of offensive production for the 49ers on a day where as you were watching it in real time, you didn't even grasp how much of an afternoon they really had. I mean, that's either the standards that we now have for them or what we've become used to or, you know, just needing to see what happens when it's all said and done, because a lot of that game was kind of even Stevens, even number of penalties, even number of time of possessions, basically, even number of turnovers, um, where the game became uneven, almost an even number of first downs. The the Niners were six of eleven for third down, while the Seahawks were only two for eleven. Even though Drew Block, uh, uh, Drew Locke was playing pretty well throughout the afternoon, um, that is where the Niners separated themselves just a bit. But where they really separated themselves was with 103 more rushing yards, and it was all said and done, nearly 200 more yards of offense, 527 yards for the 49ers, 324 yards. Again, that's still 5.9 yards per play. Seattle actually moved the ball pretty well against the 49ers, but they didn't get it done in the red zone. And the 49ers, again, a gaudy, nine point nine yards per play. I mean, Pete Carroll and uh, that. that you, you, what, what are you going to do? You're not going to beat anybody when you're giving up nine point nine yards per play. You're giving up a first down per play, basically, you know, a point, a, a, a point tenth, a, a tenth of a yard away from a first down. So just A very good afternoon for the 49ers. They handled their business. It was one of those games where it was just don't take your eye off the ball. Handle your business. As I said last week, if but for DK Metcalf going full-on Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, monster game, I don't know how the Seahawks get it done. And I actually think, you know, you got to give Drew Locke some credit. He presented more problems and difficulty for the Niners than even Geno Smith did back on Thanksgiving. When it was said and done, though, a great day for the 49ers. The last time, uh, the 49ers offense, again, averaged 9.9 yards per play, the team's highest average yards per play since 2012. And there is a game in 2012 that is cited an awful lot in game recaps of the 49ers because when you go back to 2012 to watch them have a big robust day against the Buffalo Bills, that was like the greatest day of Alex Smith's career. He threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You had Frank Gore going over 100 yards while Kendall Hunter and Booby Dixon also nearly went for a combined 100 yards there. Crabtree and Vernon Davis both went under over 100 yards. So it is a game that gets cited an awful lot in terms of hallmark full-team beatdowns, because that was one of the best, and that was back in 2012. We're talking 11 years ago. So the Niners just had a monster offensive afternoon. they become the first team to have at least one player with 300 or more passing yards, two players with 100 or more receiving yards, and one player with 100 or more rushing yards in a game since the Ravens did it very early last season back in September, and I think they did that against the Miami Dolphins. So. The 49ers scored on their opening drive for the eighth time this season. That is an NFL best. Again, Christian McCaffrey went over the 10,000 career yards from scrimmage odometer. And, you know, again, 153 yards from scrimmage for Christian McCaffrey. And I wouldn't even say he had a great game. That's the standard that the Niners are living up to right now. They are almost playing against their own reputation as much as they're playing an opponent right now. You know, there's a lot of critics who want to come in and judge the Niners, not just on the result, but the talent portion of the beauty contest, the swimsuit portion of the beauty pageant. And boy, the, the Niners got an awful lot of talent and they look really good in the bikini. I mean, they really do. They've been fantastic. Fantastic. No matter how you chalk it up, a defense, again, not the greatest day the defense ever had, but they went their 40th consecutive game without allowing a 100-yard rusher. That is the longest active streak in the NFL. It's also the second longest active streak in the NFL in 23 years. They got the sacks when they needed them, especially late on Drew Locke. Uh, they did a hell of a job on DK Metcalf, and that was when Chavarius Ward had gone down in the game. Uh, got a give a lot of credit to Deamador Lenore for coming out of the slot. Oliver, um, uh, you know, we, we, we have criticized, rightfully so, throughout this year, the level of play that Isaiah Oliver has had. Well, Isaiah Oliver was thrust into action when Ward left the field. And Isaiah Oliver ended up being the second-leading tackler for the 49ers yesterday. He played well. Jair Brown continues to play well uh, for Talanoa Hufanga. What an understudy he's become to the point where you're not even really worried about losing a guy who is a pro bowler. You know, that's that's a good draft pick, Jair Brown. Nice, nice job, John Lynch. And he's played really, really well. Cleland Farrell played well yesterday. Nick Bosa was probably used the most in the most versatile fashion that he's been used all year long, maybe at any point in time in his career. He's standing up over the center. He's playing stand up nose tackle and he picked up a sack doing that yesterday against Drew Locke. So it was a day of creativity and stepping up for the guy who cannot go. Um, Randy Gregory. Filled in well. Uh, uh, Javon Kinlaw filled in well for Eric Armstead. Eric Bosa played the role of Eric Armstead. We saw Chase Young kick in a time or two playing the role of Eric Armstead. You know, team picked up that big hole in the middle of that defensive line. Fred Warner had a really good game. Fred Warner is always having a really good game pretty much when you look up and they're not playing the Cleveland Browns. So, a very good afternoon all around for the 49ers. And what do you know? Look at where they are 10 and 3 now. That is tied with the Eagles and Cowboys for the best record in the NFC. And you can't shake a stick at it. You just can't. The only criticism would be oh, it's too bad Moody didn't hit that field goal in Cleveland, or you'd be 11 and 2 right now. Still, at 10-3, and they are sitting exactly where they need to be sitting. And, you know, as we talk about, and I mentioned this with Larry, and I want to come back to it, I shouldn't have even waited 12 minutes into the show to bring it up, really. What a game for Trent Williams. What a game for Trent Williams. He was out there collapsing the right side of the Seahawks' defense all game long Christian McCaffrey is 145 yards it felt like 144 of them came off the left side running behind Trent Williams and Aaron Banks who also had a really good game when Kittle was over there providing uh, the heavy set the strong side they got everything they wanted running to the left all day long including Debo who punched it in from the one yard line running left There was just an awful lot of space being cleared by Trent Williams. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Again, we started early today with 49ers Wake Up. It's going to be a hell of a week. I think we're going to go ahead and at some point in time have maybe possibly Nick Wright to talk about how wrong he clearly is about Brock Purdy. That could be coming up this week. We'll see if Nick can fit it into his schedule. I think F.P. Santangelo might be swinging on by at some point in time this week to talk about um, what he's got going on, and he might even come on over to look at how the whole YouTube thing gets set up, because guess what? YouTube is taken over. Larry and I have officially started the largest sports station in San Francisco on YouTube. We just had more viewers than KNBR and 95.7 The Game did combined watching 49ers wake up. That is you, I thank you so very much, and again, if you're new in the room, if this is, if the algorithm brought me to you or you to me today, welcome. You're going to experience one of the coolest chat rooms I think you're going to find anywhere with some of the smartest sports fans you're going to see anywhere with some of the least amount of trolling you're going to get just about anywhere, and Welcome. You are amongst friends. Please hit like and subscribe. Uh, here to the Damon Bruce Plus. Mike Rossi said, Eagles, WIP radio postgame was one big spin fest. They believe the Eagles are definitely playoff bound. What games have they been watching? Seattle's gonna beat them. Mike, I'm I'm not gonna join you out there on that limb. You wanna you wanna climb out there? You go right ahead. I don't think. It's time to talk about what the Eagles are not. They've been beaten by two really good teams two weeks in a row here. I think that they're going to be favored in Seattle, rightfully so. But the Seahawks, when they're desperate, they put good games together. If Geno Smith is back in the mix in uh, on Sunday up in, in Seattle uh, that is Geno coming off some rest. So we'll see if that doesn't present some trouble for the Eagles, who have been a bit exposed in terms of their defensive speed over the last few weeks. So um, I- I'm not here to declare any finality of who shakes out as a one seed, but what the Niners need to happen is kind of happening around them. As today's thumbnail suggested, they're 10-3, The Cowboys lost, the Lions lost, and the teams that you need going in this direction are going in this direction, and the 49ers keep going in this direction. This is good. This is good. You want this. You want this right now. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see me pointing up and down at the same time. You would have loved it. This is hell. This is a hell of a graphics package we got today. Look at these two fingers pointing up and down. My goodness. So thank you for being here. We turn back to the graphics package once again to thank our sponsors, starting with Ike. I don't know if you got lunch plans today, but if you don't, You now do get yourself an Ike sandwich, a victory sandwich Monday at Ike's. Again, he did everything he could to land Shohei Otani in San Francisco. Still wasn't enough to get it done. I guess Shohei can afford all the sandwiches he wants based on this contract. And we'll get to that in just a little bit here because we've covered an awful lot of the 49ers. But um, my man Ike has got delicious waiting for you. Get yourself to Ike's, you'll be very, very happy that you did, and download the Ike's Rewards app. To start eating your way towards free sandwiches. Uh, we wanna thank Dr. Paul Hughes and Hughes Orthopedics for sponsoring the post game show, which went off without a hitch yesterday, if you don't mind me saying. Thanks to so many of you for being there for that. That show continues to grow. Uh, what do we had like over 8,000 people watch that show already, and I thank you so much for that. Uh, and we also wanna tell you that Damon's rocking his favorite t shirt today. It really is like my new favorite t-shirt, and you can get it yourself at Jack's. Look at this, Sutro Tower. I love Sutro Tower. A lot of San Franciscans have adopted this as their favorite landmark, like Golden Gate Bridge. Sure, the ultimate kiss between architecture and engineering of all time. I'm a Sutro Tower guy myself. There's a reason why Godzilla kicks it over Uh, at the beginning and the end of every single one of my shows, and I've been using it as part of my logo for years. You can get this t-shirt and so many cool vintage t-shirts in a week where so many people are doing their holiday shopping. Go to jackssf.com. Use promo code DamonBruce10 and you'll get 10% off. And we also want to thank mybookie.ag. Use promo code Damon over there for a 50% off deposit match. Uh, And look, you got two Monday night football games that you can be wagering over at mybookie.ag this evening as week 14 is about to wrap up. Man, I mean, doesn't the NFL season fly by? It feels like you wait forever to get to football again. And then once you get to football again, like you start the year and then you wake up and you realize, oh, my goodness, we're already in week 14. So time flies when you're having fun. Maybe this season has flown by. A, a little less speedily for like Raiders fans or Chargers fans or maybe even Chiefs fans who boy had a brutal offside call. Rightfully so. I mean, Tony was like three yards in front of the football. I mean, that was an easy offside call. The whole like, oh, he wasn't even offsides. That was close. No, it it was not. Um, but look, the Kansas City Chiefs are catching losses. Baltimore Ravens won, but you had the Rams take them to overtime in Baltimore, so it just feels like the 49ers are pointed in the right direction, and we're watching an awful lot of pointed-in-the-wrong-direction teams around them right now, and something else. It's really a good time to be a 49ers fan. And, and instead of stressing out about what you think off season move they might need to make, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't want to hear a word about the offseason. I don't want to hear a word about the postseason until that begins. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the ride. Because this is a hell of a ride that 49ers fans are being taken on by this team right now. Uh, again, a game yesterday that was really never in doubt— Give the Seahawks credit. They stayed in the neighborhood. They stayed in the neighborhood of making this game interesting, but they really never did. They were in the neighborhood, but they were never standing on the 49ers' front porch about to take over this game. And when they did pull up a little bit closer, again, they're not on the front porch, but maybe the car is pulling into the driveway. Boom, Kittle with a big touchdown. Or boom, you had Brandon Ayuk with a huge play on first down that then set up the Debo Samuel touchdown. The interception that you needed to be made because Drew Locke let one lollipop to DK Metcalf go and Jair Brown comes down with it. You got Fred Warner coming down with interceptions. You got this team getting into a shoving match at the end of the game and they even kind of won that too. You don't want to get nasty with the 49ers, man. They, they, got to, they can dial up as much nasty as any football team in this league. And again, I want to give the Seahawks credit. The Seahawks came out yesterday knowing we might not have the talent to keep up with this team, so we're here to make our presence felt. The Seahawks were laying lumber yesterday. I mean, they came out and hit the shit out of the 49ers. They really did. I'm glad no one really got hurt. Chevarius Ward is a name that we're going to be keeping an eye on. Obviously, it feels like Drake Greenlaw is being helped off the field at some point in time. He always gets back on the field in the same game. But as Larry said on 49ers' wake-up in the locker room, he had like 15 different ice bags taped to him post-game. So Dre Greenlaw's feeling it a little bit today. I bet you George Kittle's feeling it a little bit today. Man, what a big touchdown he had after the Seahawks, again, scored their their second-half touchdown. Kittle made it a 28-16 game, just two plays into the fourth quarter, and that's where the game score froze. 28-16 was your final. Niners win, depending on where you got them. On mybookie.ag, use promo code Damon, uh, they, 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 they covered if you got them early enough in the week. I think that line might have moved to 13-14 in some houses, but Niners took care Oh, business. Hit like, hit subscribe. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for supporting what we're doing over here. It means an awful lot. By the way, Yosarian, you came into 49ers. Wake up late with a super chat. We missed it before Larry and I were already into... I'm going to tell you right now, don't super chat 49ers wake up when you hear Larry and I go into the Trent Balky Ralph routine that mean that that, that means the, the the show's about to wrap up but thank you very much Harbor Freight bucket commercial I don't even know what he's talking about but um maybe you're talking about Trent Williams who was just a freight train yesterday Michelle Haberman has been at the forefront of the love of this show of spreading the word of this show and Word of mouth is still the greatest form of advertising. I had several people come up to me at the Guardsman Tree Lot, which, by the way, is open for business. Go ahead and make a great Donation to the Guardsmen by picking up a Christmas tree. Send a kid to summer camp. Tree lot is open at the Fort Mason Festival Pavilion from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. through December 16th. Go get a Guardsman Christmas tree and all of the Christmas accoutrements that you would possibly need. It's all there for you at the Guardsman tree lot. I had people coming up to me saying, your channel is what I've been waiting for. You and Larry together is what I've been wanting and craving since the two of you guys were, you know, taking over for one after the other after great runs on sports phone. You guys have been my favorite broadcasters for a long time. Having the two of you together is exactly what I always wanted. So that's what 49ers wake up is. We're not just doing it on Mondays reacting to games. We're doing it on Fridays to set up the weekend as well. And all I can tell you is that's growing. And Larry and I might have some plans for that coming up this upcoming year. But we'll wait for 2024 to start before we start talking about the future of both of these channels. But the future is very, very bright on YouTube. Thanks to you. The algorithm has been nice. You've been even nicer. Thank you for hitting like. Thank you for hitting subscribe. And take it a step further. If you are liking and subscribing but not hitting notify, Get that notify bell button pushed. Next, at it. I would really appreciate it if you indeed did. Amy over here in the chat saying, hey, what's going on, Amy? Hey, right back to you. Again, Michelle, such a supporter. Let's get 15K by Friday. Look, that might be a little aggressive, but 15K by Christmas, I want that. I want that. I, I do want that now, Yosarian. I'm high as what is that Skittles Shitsky, whatever. I've been smoking since eight thirty. Oh, so it's the it's it's the wake and bake, Yosarian. Getting busy blowing up on a Monday. Thank you very, very much, Yosarian. Had Rick Mighty Bone Feliciano saying, Damon has just enough time in between these shows to take a leak, scarf a bagel. That was a great long wake-up show today. Thank you very, very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I didn't even get the bagel. Didn't, didn't even get the bagel. Did run to the sink and filled this up with water. You were all onto it. We have long since passed sip of the day. When you wake up for a Niners, wake up. Um, and this is uh, Raphael. Five sixty-two Niners, like and subscribe, everyone. Thank you very, very much for doing so. It means an awful lot that you do. So, man, we got a lot of chatting going on here. We will get into it. We will have ourselves a club plus coming up in just a little bit. But just you know, you got a golf clap. That very business-like, workman-like win. And another one of those is needed coming up on Sunday. And that will be a little bit of a history in the NFC West if the 49ers indeed go on to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Um, San Francisco has won 11 consecutive regular season games against NFC West opponents, which is the most consecutive division wins by an NFC West team since 2002. So it's been a long time since a team has steamrolled the division. That was some really good Seattle Seahawks, I'm guessing, back then. And um, and the Niners can get to 12 consecutive regular season wins in a don't look beyond them, don't turn it into a trap game, don't get caught watching the paint dry against the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm just telling you that right now. I don't think Kyle Shanahan lets his team step into a a trap. I just don't think it's going to happen. And beyond Kyle's wishes, I don't think this team is going to allow itself to step into a trap. Great teams lead themselves. They almost don't even need a head coach for focus or motivation. They only need to lean on a head coach for game planning and installs. This team is coaching itself right now in terms of its focus It's execution. This is a detailed-oriented team playing for the most detail-oriented head coach. And when it comes together, you get big, beautiful chunk plays and 9.9 yards per average play. That's a big, fat, gaudy number. My God, that's gaudy. Some gaudy receiving numbers. Again, Debo Samuel really starting to step into that wide receiver role. Seven catches, 149 yards and a touchdown. He had the long of 54 where he absolutely cooked Jamal Adams. You had Brandon Ayuk have a six-catch, 126-yard afternoon. His long of 45 was a play with about six minutes remaining in the third quarter. And that was a huge play to get the just way ahead of the chains on first down, and what turned out to be the Debo Samuel carried it in touchdown of the afternoon. But that was just a big, big play for the 49ers in an afternoon that was really full of big plays. Full of big plays. Again, we, we've gotten, we've almost gotten as spoiled with Christian McCaffrey's yard production as we have with Steph Curry threes. You just, oh, of course, Steph Curry hit five, six threes in a basketball game. That's normal. Well, it's normal for him. It's not normal for anybody else in the NBA, but it's normal for him. What Christian McCaffrey does from a yardage standpoint, week in, week out, from a multiple touchdown, again, somebody wrote in uh, on on a comment yesterday uh, on the post-game show, like, the only complaint I have is Christian McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown. Otherwise, great day. Yeah, that's fair. If you had Christian McCaffrey, you always want to see that fantasy player get a touchdown, but you're going to have to settle with 153 scrimmage yards, which, by the way takes Christian McCaffrey's scrimmage yards over the 10,000-yard mark on his career odometer. 10,071 scrimmage yards in 88 career games with 77 total touchdowns. This puts him in very elite company. Christian McCaffrey became the seventh player in NFL history to register 10,000 or more yards from scrimmage and 75 or more total touchdowns in his first 90 career games, and here's the list that he is now on. Marcus Allen, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, Emmitt Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, they are all in Canton, and the only guy who isn't will be Adrian Peterson. When you are a running back and you find yourself on a list with Marcus Allen, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, Emmitt Smith, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Adrian Peterson, you're exactly where you want to be. That was a great sip of water, if you don't mind me saying. So everyone's here for football. I know most of the chat is about football. We will get into Um, the chat when we get into club plus here in just a little bit, again, all the Niners in depth, like leaving no stone unturned can be found in Monday morning's edition of 49ers wake up with yours truly. And Larry Kruger, if you are, if you're feeling like you're just not getting enough Niners right here. You just had two plus hours of Niners already jammed down your throat. It's time for us to turn our attention to two other places before we get into club plus today. Number one, the Golden State Warriors are going to lose to the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night. And I'm really almost now rooting against the Warriors to lose every game in which Trace Jackson Davis gets a coach DNP. I am especially going to appreciate that when I know that Trace Jackson Davis can be a difference in a one-possession game with a rebound or a fundamental play that he makes, and he gets a coach DNP in a one-point loss. Steve Kerr, you earned that more Moses Moody, more Jonathan Kaminga, give me some Trace Jackson Davis, less Clay Thompson, less Andrew Wiggins. These guys ain't earning it. Steph Curry is literally out there doing it by himself. No one else is coming along for the ride with having a good season except for maybe the playing above expectations of Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, yet still they are being buried behind two veterans as much as they've done and produced and are respected and blah, 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 ain't getting it done anymore. Not the way the Warriors need it done. You know why the Warriors are losing all of these games? because they're old as shit. And you can see it. You can see the difference in the athleticism, in the speed, and you see it. And again, you got a veteran team that is officially qualifying, is old as shit, yet still making rookie mistakes. The most turnovers ever in the Steve Kerr era. You know what to the Warriors? Screw you guys if that's the way you're going to play. I mean, I, I, you deserve to lose that game. I want you to lose that game so you don't get back into the habit of, yeah, we're good enough to get away with all kinds of on-court bullshit at any point in time. No, you're not. You are not the Golden State Warriors you used to be. Your margin of error used to be this. Now it's this. Act accordingly. Act accordingly. And Steve Kerr needs to wake up and smell the coffee on some of his lineup choices or this year is going nowhere fast. The only other thing I have to say about the NBA today is simply this. I see the internet is full of jokes about the Lakers winning the first ever in-season tournament. Not a single joke should be made. LeBron James is one of the greatest forces this league has ever seen. And when that guy decides he wants something, the amount of more often than not he goes out and gets it is astonishing. For LeBron James in his 53rd year in the NBA to still be playing the way that he is, there isn't a singular athlete that has been this good this late into their careers, maybe ever, ever. It's remarkable how that guy has, you know, when he snaps his fingers and say, hey, Anthony Davis, I need you to do something tonight. Man, Anthony Davis, he responded with a monster game in Vegas. Joke all you want. Should they? Shouldn't they? Get medals, rings, hang a banner. I don't give a shit. LeBron James has got a bigger dick than all y'all. That guy is fucking Amazing absolutely amazing specimen of a highly skilled, incredibly well-trained player that when he says, I think I want to go and win this whole goddamn thing, he can do it. He is remarkable. The way that he is executing at this point in time in his career is almost as remarkable as the way that Brock Purdy's playing at this point in his career. No one's supposed to be this good this early into their career as Brock Purdy's proven themselves to be, and nobody is supposed to be this good late in their career as LeBron James is. It is fucking remarkable. We got uh, La Profesora maintaining academic integrity because she's got finals to grade, but she made it in here. She slipped on in. Buenos dias, La Profesora. And thanks, as always, J.J. Raider, for always listening. You had a rough day yesterday. Three nothing loss. Gah. You got Nick Mulland yesterday. That's that's a tough way to spend a Sunday. Getting shut out at home in your own dome for a three nothing loss—first time a three nothing loss had ever been served up, I believe. In a dome. In a dome. Every other three nothing loss has either come with like a hurricane, a snowstorm, a, a you know a wind chill factor of it's cold outside. I mean, it's just to lose like that at home in a dome. Unbelievable. And that brings us, before we go into Club Plus, to our last topic of the day. Rest in peace, Giants, from my man Ike, who did everything he possibly could to get Shohei Otani to San Francisco and oh my god toronto did they get okie doked right if you were if if you believe that he might be going to toronto and there were enough like john morosi was like begging everyone's forgiveness saying uh, i told you that shohei was headed to toronto apparently he's not again quit tracking the tail the, the tail fin numbers on airplanes and thinking that that is going to prove to you what a free agent choice might be Otani to the Dodgers is the one thing the Giants could not have allowed. They should have gone to 800 million. They should have gone to a billion. I told you that they should go to 700 million on Otani, and that was the winning bid for him over 10 years. Now, before we get into the particulars on another show about the whole Otani contract and where it leaves the Giants. What I don't like is all the clever that teams can bake in to defer money. Like, it shouldn't happen. Like, the Dodgers should be on the hook for $700 million over a decade. They shouldn't be able to creatively be able to space all this out in a way to where, well, that's not really what they're paying. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Or you know, tip of the cap to him and I guess you got to respect it because the San Francisco Giants can't figure out a way to creatively play a single free agent to come play for them. Not an elite one anyway. It's it's remarkable how absolutely left at the altar the San Francisco Giants, who are not a joke of a franchise, who are not a team to just be just disregarded as an actual landing spot, and I don't want to hear a word about any Fox News talking point of what freaking, you know, the, the downtown San Francisco might be. I don't want to hear it. Like the Giants got real money to spend and they can't find a single dude to take it who's an elite free agent, not never. And it goes back further than Farhan. Don't just tell me this is all Farhan's fault. What is Farhan's fault is a farm system that hasn't produced the answers that they need that they clearly cannot find in free agency. So we will have more on that when it is all said And done. We got a lot to talk about this week. But again, I've been at it for almost three hours already, which means we have reached the portion of the podcast where I say thank you. Thank you very much. Podcast has been downloaded nearly 200,000 times since we have begun that. And I thank you all so very much for it. Again, to my sponsors, to Ikes, to jackssf.com, to MyBookie.ag, to Uncle Boys, who gets a special mention here on a Friday, or normally on a Friday is when they get their mention, but they're going to get one here this Monday as well, because it's Victory Day for Niners fans. And I know Plucers are happy As you should be, thank you so much. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in today. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.